On today's episode, we recap NFL Sunday Week 9. Tom Brady breaks 100,000 yards. And is Jill Biden to blame for the Phillies World Series loss? This and much, much more. It's time to sideline the agenda. And welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris. Welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically. Nothing is out of bounds and every subject is fair game. Coming up, Jalen Rose apologizes mid-game for wanting to know Udoka's mistress's name. And the NFL beast is in the East. But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by joining our podcasts on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. That's right, gentlemen. We had a fun-filled weekend filled with sports. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, for, well, first and foremost, how's everybody doing? You guys there? You, doing you, all right. Yeah, doing yeah, all right. Yeah, uh, yeah did doing you, good. Did you catch? Did you catch the sports this weekend? <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> sure did. Yeah. Because there was there was plenty of it. I mean, uh, big events. Yeah. Uh, you know, come into mind. You know, Saturday there was a lot of uh, college football games. You know, we don't yeah. normally co- uh, cover college football in great detail, anyways, but. Uh, you know, Clemson losing to Notre Dame, uh, LSU beating uh, Alabama by one point, and of course Tennessee uh, uh, losing to Georgia. Uh, again, the, you know the the, the 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 whole ranking system to me just just drives me nuts. You know, because it's just how how can you have a defending champion uh, college team, Georgia Bulldogs, and and them not be ranked default first, right? Like and and then yeah, which is funny because they were first all the way up until this exactly. last weekend. Yeah, <laughs> and then it's like the people, the the meddlers, all all the meddlers, the stat statisticians, all the uh, you know uh, armchair chair, chair uh, uh, you know coaches and and well, I mean, I guess there actually are coaches, but you know what I mean. Like everybody's got to throw their opinion yeah. in there and be like, well, yeah. actually, when you think about it, Tennessee, the the, the Vols, they're they're actually they we, they should be ranked first. Yeah. Well, they showed yeah. total them, didn't marketing they? ploy. They showed I mean, them total, <laughs> total marketing yeah, they ploy. Yeah, yeah. Georgia smashed them pretty good. That was a good game, though. A lot of, I mean, they 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 did have a good offense, but uh, the Tennessee, the Vols, they have a decent offense, a lot of turnovers. But I think I agree with you, Scott. Hundred percent marketing ploy just to grab eyes for that particular game. Everyone knows Georgia's number one in the nation. <laughs> and how about that gutsy call, LSU going for two to win the game? You know, I, I Love loved it. that. You know, like no, we're not going to tie it up. We're we're going to win it. And 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 it happened. That was that was great. That was a great moment to watch. Um, well, uh, also big game. Uh, that day as well was was of course uh, game six of the world series what what happened there oh man well over the last <laughs> three games i kind of talked about it a little bit on our last episode the phillies just completely forgot how to hit the ball <laughs> i mean i guess you got to credit the astros and their pitching staff but i mean you're a team that's in the world series you you tire a record for home runs in a game and then from that point on over the last three games you score a grand total of three runs you're not going to win games you're not going to win the world series doing that so houston you know they took advantage but pretty disappointing in the phillies they did with the start they had and and then the finish they had they really dropped off a cliff offensively 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was a complete surprise. I mean, the Phillies just dropping the ball, especially after the first two games. But you look at their playmakers, you know, Schwarber could be um, argued as pretty much single handedly, you know, carrying the offense, which was lack thereof. And then Bryce Harper, I mean, he's going 0 for 4, you know, in game, in the last game, game six. And they're just, you're just not going to beat the Astros putting up one run, two runs. You know, and you're going to have to put five, six on these guys to kind of shut them down. And when they did put up runs, they were you put themselves in a better position. Or most of those games, they actually won. So uh, the Phillies dropped the ball. I think they're they'll probably be um, kicking themselves over summer, and you know we'll see what happens to them next year. Probably won't be in the series. Well, uh, Philadelphia no. Phillies. Uh, uh, Legend uh, Lenny Dykstra, he uh, he tweeted out he had his own theory. He said uh, since the doctor showed up, <laughs> referring to uh, Jill Biden, uh, doctor, uh, uh, the Phillies went zero and three with nine total hits. Hashtag the cooler. So I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, even though Lenny Dykstra is a notorious piece of crap, but still, that's that's a good one. You know, Dusty Baker, he gets his first win as a, uh, as a skipper of a, of a team, uh, yeah. the Astros, and the Astros definitely, you know, uh, were the better team. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kept on, you know, watching this series. I, you made this comment in a previous show, Chris, where you were saying that, uh, you know, the Phillies look like the Dodgers to you. And, and, and yeah. It, they they did you know and I was I was watching this you know fantasizing well would it be any different if they were playing against uh, the Dodgers I I don't think so no. I think the Astros would, would have won the that same. game it would have been the exact same uh, yep. uh, uh, turnout and also too I was reflecting literally when um, Jordan uh, 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 Alvarez correct when he was up right. uh, uh, to, to bat I was reflecting on that AP article how there was no blacks no, excuse me no American blacks but no blacks <laughs> yeah. in this World Series just some leftist uh, you know uh, probably white journalist that doesn't even follow the sport of baseball nor knows what like the Astros the layout of the Astros or the Phillies even like visually looks like it's, it's it was a hard argument to make in that moment you know uh, right. with the pitcher with with him the hitter you know with with all the other players on the field like it was a very diverse representation I mean so talk about trying to just you know stir up outrage for right. outrage. They should be sake. out there celebrating this, right? Exactly. And it's like, yeah. really, are you telling me that Jordan isn't black? Is that the argument you're making? Oh well, no, that's not what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. Like, anyway, I was I was totally reflecting. Like, oh, on now that. he's got to be an American. Oh, what are you, a white nationalist now? And it was so funny because in my <laughs> mind, I'm like, how perfect would it be if this guy hit a home run? And boom, he did. <laughs> it was like you know, <laughs> representing. I loved it. it. Was uh, you know, obviously not a big Astros fan, but. Uh, uh, you, you made a comment like this earlier, Chris, where it seemingly has, was done clean. You know, um, yeah. they, they definitely have a, a skillful squad. I don't think anybody's denying that. And, um, you know, happy for Dusty to to to, to finally uh, get get a, a World Series uh, under his cap, so to speak. Yeah. One little interesting tidbit with Alvarez is uh, Dodgers used to have him and they traded him in 2016 for uh, I think it was a, a couple guys that never made the roster. Wow. You know, he was in their minor leagues at that point. But wow. Alvarez, you know, he had the timely home run. Uh, so I'm not saying he would have been a, the difference for the Dodgers this year. Because sure. other than that home run, he kind of wasn't very good this postseason. But just interesting, he used to be on the Dodgers. little uh, side <laughs> bit of knowledge as well regarding this. You, you're familiar with Mattress Mac? He's the uh, that, that mattress oh, guy. Oh, man. He, he, he won, yeah, he won $75 million on bets that he made on the Astros to win the title. It's the largest payout on a single legal sports bet in U.S. history. 
he wagered a total of 10 million with numerous sports books to cash in. So 75 million on his his Astros cuz cuz I know he's from Texas and uh, and uh, he's he's that guy who typically throws the big uh, bet down for the uh, Kentucky Derby and totally swings the uh the uh, uh the ratio, you know, depending on how cuz he puts so much money down. Um but uh yeah, wow. coming out big, 75 million. That's that's a good day. <laughs> that's return on investment right there. That's a good weekend for sure. <laughs> that is a good weekend for sure. All right. Well, real quick, I want to move on to uh, something that we saw Friday, actually. Uh, Jalen Rose, Jalen Rose uh, ESPN al- an analyst, uh, well, he found himself uh, quickly apologizing on air for uh, an aside that he said. And it wasn't really an aside. He was uh, making comment on a Boston head coach. Um, Ime Udoka, who of course is uh, uh, in in the middle of uh, uh, turmoil and and uh, drama and suspense regarding the fact that uh, he he has had an alleged they they say an alleged but it's pretty much proven right because of the fact that he's been yeah. suspended for an entire year. And they just have to legally, I guess. Right. The the misconduct, the allegations against him, uh, you know, for for having a relationship uh, with uh, an apparent subordinate. Um, and, and so uh, Jalen Rose was commenting on NBA countdown uh, before the Celtics and Chicago Bulls game. And he was questioning, why don't we know the name of the woman involved? We know the man's name. How come we don't know the name of the woman? And, you know, right. it just this goes to show you that Jalen Rose is an idiot. He's he's really he really is a stupid stupid man because as we know if you've been even following this remotely you know Stephen A played this little trick uh, a right. little while back and failed and fell on his face miserably you know and completely got attacked by the thought police uh, so why did Jalen Rose think that this would be any different why did he think that uh, uh, he would th- that this would not be a factor but anyway regardless of what you think of Jalen Rose. The man is still entitled to an opinion. He's still entitled to uh, a, a thought, but apparently not. Not at the Mouse House, not at uh, ESPN, nope. because literally b- by halftime, halftime, there was a video of him shown making a public apology for his comments. I'm Jalen Rose, and I would like to apologize for a comment I made earlier on NBA Countdown. I question why a woman's <laughs> name who had an alleged affair with Celtics head coach Ime Adoka was not made public. After an internal investigation, and it was discovered that she was a subordinate to the head coach, I now understand fully why her name should not be released to the public. Now, <laughs> that hopeless, weak woman. Yeah, oh, exactly. She was a subordinate. She was a subordinate. She has no choice. She couldn't take it. She couldn't. Uh, well, well, then why didn't you do it? Why, why isn't this rape then? Right. <laughs> she was a subordinate. She had no choice. Her, it's the power structure. No, you don't care. You know, she is a woman. <laughs> she's a rapist. She's damn it. weaker in this moment and in this situation. And I did not uh, realize that at the time when I wanted her to publicly take uh, uh, on, acknowledge the fact that, that she participated in this situation as right. well. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. I can't say that. <laughs> it was funny because yeah. the video, man, it looked like a ransom video. Like, like, yeah, like, like he was, he, he was a, a, like North Korean concentration camp, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> hi, I'm Jalen Rose. And you like, you can just see the muzzles of the barrels of the guns, you know, just right. off screen. You know what I mean? Like, like you will say this and you will like it, you know? Uh, uh, but, uh, anyway, I 
thought that was funny because uh, he's now been re-educated in, in, in the course of a, a first half of a basketball game, you know, and uh, so somebody got to him pretty quick. It was like yeah, oh, Minnie Mouse got around. in there. Exactly. You better go turn this around and you uh uh-uh, you're gonna go march out there and you're gonna say that this is what you think now. Like th- again, this is just an example to everybody listening. When you watch these jackals, when you watch these clowns, like they are putty, they are soft, they don't have opinions, they flow and blow with the wind. They go where they are told, they sit where they are told to sit. When they they're told to jump, they say how high. That's who these people are, and they're beholden to all of these other corporate entities, and and like I said, ultimately stand for nothing. And this goes to show you that. And it was just like it's just disgusting because again, it just points to just especially in the wake of the whole um, Kyrie Irving situation, where you have somebody where it's like we need to control how you think. We've we've already controlled your bodies with the vax. We need to control how you think. And also, we are going to make you publicly uh, uh, acknowledge your wrongs. We need you to genuflect. We need you to uh, go through this uh, ritual. Like, it's very ritualistic, you know, and say that you're wrong. And, and you know, you, uh, it's, 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 it's a religion in, in its sense. But it does yeah. it speaks to that whole totalitarianism that the NBA is becoming. Yeah, last week was apology week. <laughs> right, right. Uh, after not too long after our last episode, you know, Kyrie Irving came out and issued his apology. We had Jalen Rose issue an apology. We had Kevin Durant issue an apology. <laughs> it's just like, geez, how many more of these guys are gonna be apologizing? Yeah, it's a. It just go, goes back to everything where they. It, it's corporate media. They spew propaganda and narratives, and they want to be able to control information. They want to be able to control information and control your thoughts. And because they know knowledge is power, information is power. So if they can control that, they've got all the power. If you start getting all these other people with their own opinions, getting out of line, then they lose control of that narrative. They lose control of that power. And that's all that they want. That's all that this comes down to. Back in line. Step back in line. (laughs) Well, I thought I saw something that was funny. I mean, it's, it's, it's not surprising to me at all, but, um, so there was a rapper that was recently killed. I've, I never heard of him, but apparently he's fairly well known. His name is Takeoff. And, Can I just uh, interrupt you real quick before you get into this? Because yes, this is a phenomenon that's definitely happening in my life where there are these rappers that are dying. Well, the rappers dying is not a phenomenon, I must say, sadly. That happens all the time. But what I'm saying is, is that there's these rappers that die and it's like, oh my God, he had such a huge fun. And it's like, I've never even heard of this fool. You know what I mean? And he's got, he's all iced right. out and he's got chains and he's got money and he's got, yeah. you know what I'm saying? He's like, clearly yeah. he's been successful and it's yeah, like i have yeah. no idea who this like people are rioting and and, and you know uh sobbing and grieving in the streets for these individuals <laughs> and i'm like dude i've never even heard of this person anyway just go go ahead well that's to your point of like how everything is so separate right, now exactly like if you're not in that world you're gonna have no idea who they are because it's you know but anyways to the point here so Three amigos <laughs> You, you guys heard Three Amigos. <laughs> three Amigos. You're talking about... So, uh, 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 not not so, Three Amigos, but Migos is their name. Oh, you know, bad, bad and Bougie, and you guys heard of them. He's one of the, he's one of the more quiet cousin guys. I thought you were talking the, about Steve Martin 
uh, uh, <laughs> Chevy, Chevy Chase. Chase and uh, who's the other this dude? Is the rap, oh, this is the gosh, rapper version. What's his name? <laughs> no, nah, man, I thought you were talking about the OG Three Amigos. <laughs> no, <the> three Amigos. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Martin Short. And That's who I was trying to think of. Forever will be. You, could, so you don't they, know three amigos, by the way. Amigos, you, you need to find out. You need to find out. My wife had never seen that movie oh, before really? until about a year ago, and she, she finally made her watch it. And she was like, "Oh my gosh, this is hilarious! How have I not known about this?" So, my little buttercup. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so uh, of course the. Uh, the, the guy that will never cease to uh, try and draw attention to himself, uh, Mr. LeBron James. Uh, oh, yeah. Wore, uh, wore a, pretty much a costume. He was wearing something that this guy take off, I guess, wore before. I don't know if it was on album cover or what, but he had the suit and the chain. And basically, everything was matching. And he gives a statement talking about, oh, he was listening to this group way back in 2010 with the Heat and how he was telling everybody, oh, these guys are it. These guys are going to be it. You need to get on these guys. Like They're going to be huge. And then everyone's in the comments like, he said that this was in 2010. He's like, dude, this group didn't even they come out until 2011. They weren't even around. <laughs> so LeBron James is just a, just a pathological liar. Oh, my God. He's just an attention whore. And just like when he was acting like he was reading all those books right, and like acting like he was intellectual right. or something. And like, right. dude, you didn't get past the first page on all this stuff. Anyone that knew anything about it was like, this guy is just a joke. When so you don't know, I though, saw that. It's just pathetic. When you don't know, you don't know. And that's the thing. Oh, yeah. And and he's yep. that dumb that he doesn't know when he doesn't know. People know he doesn't know. Right. Do you all got that out there? <laughs> because it's actually a very important, important life lesson to have. So in other words, don't pretend like you know something that you don't know. Because when you are around somebody who does know, they know you don't know. How many times have you been around somebody mouthing off about something that you actually knew about and you didn't say anything? Probably most of you, right? So that's what I'm saying. When you don't know, you don't know that you don't know, and everybody right. knows that you don't know. Get yeah. that, LeBron. <laughs> yeah, but he knows he's got the backing of the corporate media, and he'll never get called out on. Oh on no, stuff he's like been banned his entire even life. If he does, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's he's been raised by his mama, and now uh, the corporate sports media is his mama. And and they uh, yeah, they, they they run take good care yeah, exactly of this boy. and and they run block <laughs> on everything for him. It's just like him, you know, trying to call out Kyrie Irving with the whole uh, him posting the that that uh, documentary. Dude, you're the yeah, one who was going under the bus. Exactly, but talk about glass houses. You're the one who was going. Oh yeah, we we making that Jewish money, everything kosher. You do that post, LeBron. You do that, and you apologize for that. But you did that too. You know what I mean? Like, don't you think it's like uh, I'm gonna sit this one out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I'm not going to call, I'm not going to be all uh, high and mighty here. I'm going to choose my battles. I'm going to, you know what I mean? Like, like, cause, cause I, I did this too. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he's got, <laughs> he's got zero self-reflection. Uh, and you know, he's, he's just, he's just child, man. That's what I think. He's just a grown ass child with a lot of money and a lot of yeah. money can, can, can buy you out of a lot of problems. That's for sure. I I think he's gatekeeper. I think they forced him, put him in that position where he, they want to, they want to comment. They want to hear what he has to say. And he's done, he's dumb enough to play along. And of course he thinks that, you know, his, his opinion is, is more important than a lot of people and that everyone needs to side with him. 
But well, I mean, you want some truth? Let's speak some truth. I think that, like on a plantation, you would have a head a s- slave person. Like, let's let real talk right now. They're in the house. No, well, I don't know if they're in the house or not, but they were the the one that you know would go out and and would was the Sam Jackson guy out, from Django. Yeah, but would send out the propaganda of the house to keep everybody in line and be like, no, 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 this is what we're doing. This is why it's good. You know, they would have that person that they would constantly, consistently go to. And LeBron James is that person. And that's why he is constantly gone to in these situations. I don't know. Like, that's what I see. You know, he's always the one trying to tell all the other people to fall in line, you know? And it's like, well, nobody's going to go against LeBron. That's what I think. I think it's a massive element of control. Like, you could get really in the weeds here, but you can look at the NBA. Uh, I've already said it, so I've gone down the road. Like, plantation mentality, dude, it's there. Like you, you, you watch that. It's uh, anyway, we get uh, real deep in that some other time. Um, but uh, anyway, Kevin, sorry. Do you have any more on that? Uh, it's just a strategy uh, in the whole, you know, music industry. It, it, I, you know, I, I, uh, I feel the pain, so to speak. I feel the, uh, the sadness there, although they do live this type of life. And a lot of them put themselves in these situations where, you know, they shouldn't be in and shit like this. Happens, yeah. It's, so. it's crazy cosplay. You know, nobody needs to be dabbling or throwing guns around or let alone shooting them. Especially, I mean, if it's friendly fire, that's even all the more ridiculous, but, uh, man, live, live by the sword, die by the sword. Right. And, uh, you know, all right. Well, on that happy note, we're going to move on to uh, NFL Week 9. But before we do that, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. Give us five-star ratings. Tell your friends about this show. And you can uh, subscribe to us on uh, Twitter as well. Twitter, it's uh, Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sidelines and into the game. You know, like I said, we try to uh, keep it real here um, and, and tell you what we see and how we see it. Uh, speaking of Twitter, too, it's, it's really kind of fun to see what Elon Musk is doing uh, all over that place. He's uh, he's already announced he's getting rid of people who, uh, like, mimic other folks without, like, clear parody. Um, I guess, right. uh, um, who's that uh, that redhead uh, chick? Uh, Kathy Griffin. Yeah, Kathy Griffin got like banned because yeah. she was she was uh, acting like she was Elon Musk. You know, and right. I, I think that's great. I, I, hopefully, there's a good continued uh, motion in that uh, stagnant uh, platform known as Twitter. Anyway, well, NFL Week Nine. Um, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before we started the show. That the, most of the games actually surprisingly have some kind of takeaway from it. So let's just go through all the games that happened uh, yesterday on Sunday, uh, if and you don't mind. Let's start off with the. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, as they headed to New England to take on the Patriots, the Patriots beat the Colts 26-3. to It's too bad that the Colts don't have like a Super Bowl winning quarterback that, uh, you know, has you know, gone to the, uh, you know, uh, Pro Bowl several times that they could, you know, just sitting on the bench that they could use in these situations, you know, to maybe, <laughs> maybe make the game a little closer. It's too bad they don't have anybody like that. But uh, anyway, nonetheless, uh, they do have uh, Sam Ellinger who threw for a whopping 103 yards and one interception. Um, you know, uh, this is a complete side note, uh, but uh, just speaking of, and we'll get to Brady later on, but uh, just speaking of how Brady is probably one of the luckier or luckiest uh, uh, athletes, um, you know, known to man, is that, uh, for example, you have Belichick right now, who is uh, uh, sitting at five and four. 
uh, and is in last place of his division. And then meanwhile, you've got Tom Brady sitting at uh, four and five, who's in first place in his division. But I digress. Anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, Patriots, uh, 26-3. I think that we all kind of had the pats for this one. But uh, what what was the takeaway? What what, what, uh, really stuck to you, stuck out to you uh, during this matchup? Well, that the Patriots are going to, because they're coached well, they're going to beat bad teams. But when they face really good teams, yeah, except for when they face the Bears, uh, they're going to lose because they don't have that that quarterback. Um, and, you know, you, losing to Fields, the the god of all quarterbacks, is not uh, nothing to be sad about. But they won four or five, so they're trending in the right direction. Um, yeah, if, if they can get their quarterback play even, you know, coming up a little bit more, get some better weapons, they're going to be a good team in the future. Um, but yeah, nothing too surprising, but yeah, are we going to start hearing those calls for Matt Ryan pretty soon? That's what we predicted a couple of weeks back. Yeah. If not already, I don't know why. I mean, I would have been calling last week. I mean, we were calling when they made that decision, but, uh, I, yep. I, I guess they're just sticking with this choice. I, 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 frankly, I don't understand it. Yeah. Me neither. I mean, I said, yeah, the, go ahead, Kevin. go ahead. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, they really have anything going for them. So you're not going to come out, win any games, putting up three points, um, getting shut out the first half. Uh, the New England, they didn't look really impressive either. I know this looks like an ass beating, twenty six to three, but they weren't really impressive. In fact, I would rather just call the New England Patriots the New England field goal kickers because the way Nick Folk came out there and was consistent with his, you know. Uh, his his field goals, you know, he he wait, he had like fifty two in a row today that he uh, that he that he obviously kicked through the who uh, uh, kicked through the upright yeah the, uh, the upright there you go um, and then you know their defense uh, Matthew Judon still looks great uh, and I agree with you Chris they're going to come out beat bad teams but against good caliber teams they're going to fall short because they're lacking that quarterback position and really nothing offensively uh, no, definitely nothing overpowering that's for sure well I definitely would say that their defense was. Uh, 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 pretty, you know, was, uh, definitely a factor. You know, it was a nine sacks. Yeah. Got for a bunch sure. of sacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, there's that's definitely something that they'll want to build on. All right, let's move on. Uh, of course, uh, let's head to Detroit as uh, Green Bay uh, took on the uh, Detroit Lions. And um, surprisingly, Aaron Rodgers and the squad lost uh, 15 to 9. Did any of us call this one? I thought uh, maybe, was it Chris? Maybe? Uh, anyway. Uh, I thought the Packers would win it at the end. Well, of course, uh, discount double check Aaron Rodgers uh, did throw for 291 yards and a touchdown, but he did throw three interceptions and two of which were in uh, the end zone, which was not good. Um, and now I'm remembering our conversation last week where you were saying that the Detroit Lions would have the lead until the very end in which they'd give up. That yeah. very end never came, um, and uh, the Lions were able to hold on. Uh, so what, what's the story here? Obviously, you know, uh, Detroit Lions are, you know, dorm out of the league right now, but uh, what's going on with Green Bay and the Packers? Uh, I know it doesn't help when you don't have any wide receivers to, to throw the ball to. Yeah, the Packers, they they had the chance kind of down towards the end, but it, it never really seemed like they were going to get the ball in there. Um, yeah, they just they just don't have any consistent receiving, any uh, consistent plays that they can call. Rodgers, turn it over three times. It kind of doesn't matter who you're playing, especially in the end zone like that. You're probably going to lose because that's two direct scoring opportunities that you just you just gave away. Um, you know, credit to the Lions for – for hanging in there, even though they didn't really play all that well either. Um, so yeah, just kind of two bad teams right now battling it out. And, um, 
yeah, it's kind of crazy to see Rodgers uh, in this type of a situation where he's got all these new receivers and and the only guy that he thought he could rely on Cobb is out injured. But I mean, he's he's no savior either because he's he's getting much older. So, yeah, yeah, pretty Green shocking. Bay, yeah, Green Bay, they're a little, they're definitely out of stride. They're not, they're not, they're not doing anything successful. It's easy to see Aaron Jones is pretty much their only playmaker. Aaron Rodgers is trying to force it into Alan Lazard, uh, who actually had is back in the lineup. Um, he had a couple drop passes that were pretty big for for Rodgers, and Rodgers obviously he he missed them too on several occasions. Not to just mention the red zone picks in the end zone, where obviously this was a completely different game. If we if they if they punched that in there, um, the Lions played an ugly game too. There's really nothing good we could say about the Lions. They had a couple t- uh, good turnovers late in the game. Uh, uh, there was a fumble that they re- they recovered and then fumbled it back. But anywho, that's the Lions. So we're not really expecting too much from them. Although, you know, offensively they do have a great offense. But I I didn't see it in this game either. Um, they they just kind of got lucky and it was I I'm happy for them. You know, it's good to see the Lions get a win, especially at home in Detroit. Um, it's just it it's very unsettling to see the Packers. Uh, in this in this kind of well, predicament, maybe three, more on that. three and six, maybe more <laughs> on that in regards to the because because the the storyline is uh, Aaron Rodgers washed up. Do you think that's the case? Because I personally don't. I just think that he's got he's got a bad rap because he has nobody to throw the ball to. You put him on uh, the, the Raiders. How about that? Uh, you know, not because he would be back with Devontae Adams, but you put him on a squad that doesn't have a very good quarterback with with actual you know uh, uh, receivers. You're singing a different song, right? I think so. Yeah, I mean, I would agree. Uh, I don't think he's washed up. I think he's – I just don't think he has anyone to throw it to. But yeah, let's be honest. If you watch this game, there was a lot of open open receivers that he missed. Straight up, yeah, he missed. And he's trying to th- for, he's trying to force the ball. So I don't think he's as good as what we're, uh, you know, seeing from him before. Uh, he's definitely fallen off the wagon a little bit and there might be some, you know, preseason rust that he's missing. I guess it's still lingering. I don't know, but he's not the same Aaron Rodgers and he's not comfortable out there. I think there. the frustration is mounting within him. And- yeah, I was going to say I think there's so much negativity going on just on and off the field around him that it's going to just it's going to weigh on his game. He's, you know, that mentality it can it can affect some of those throws. He's got, Even though he's you got don't a, think the mental will affect the physical like that, it absolutely does. He's got to he's got to center his chi, man. He's got to, you know, he's got to do another <laughs> he needs to take uh, another dose. Yeah, he's got to do another dose of that uh, ayahuasca, man. Take another shot. <laughs> All right, well double let's, shot. Let's move on. Rogers. Let's move on to Atlanta as uh, the Chargers uh, uh, took on the uh, Falcons. Uh, the Chargers squeezed this one out. Um, I actually did Jeez, watch did this they? game, and uh, the Chargers won 20-17. to 17. It was pretty much all Atlanta, however, um, but it was a, a late fourth uh, quarter push that uh, helped uh, put uh, the Chargers on top. Um, you know, Justin Herbert, he threw for 245 yards, one touchdown, one interception, uh, and then, of course, in the Falcons, uh, Marcus Mariota throwing for a meager 129, uh, but uh, had a lot of production from the uh, rushing game, um, which was uh, a, a wide variety of, of, of players in the backfield. So we're not going to even necessarily go over that. But point is, is the uh, the Falcons lost and, um, you know, fall to that uh, second seed now uh, in the NFC East. 
Um, so uh, what does this look like uh, moving forward? Are the Chargers, uh, they're, I, obviously they've got a lot of players hurt, and so they're treading a little water here just trying to get some receivers back, get back healthy. Um, wh- what do you think this looks like in regards to the dynamic of the, uh, the divisions? I think the um, Falcons are still going to hang in there with the Bucks because both those teams, they're, they're just not very good. So they're going to kind of stay middling. Um, the Chargers were damn lucky to win this game. The Falcons yeah, pretty much had it won. Um, and then it was either their last drive or their second to last drive where they had been running the ball pretty well all game. And then they just decided to just pass it. And they went three and out, didn't use any clock. And uh, really gave the Chargers an opportunity to to come back down, but the play of the game <laughs> was the fumble recovered by the defense, fumbled by the defense, right. recovered by the offense, and the second fumble by the defense was not forced at all. He's literally running down the field, he just squeezed it too tight, about to pretty much <laughs> win the game for your team, and he just flat out Whoop. drops the ball. <laughs> Just totally drops it, drops the game, hands it back to the Chargers. Chargers are able to march right back down and, and kick a field goal to win it. But I, I don't know if I've seen that, at least not in a long time, where the guy's running unobstructed and he just flat out drops it and the Chargers are able to jump on top of it. The whole game pretty much came down to that for the Falcons. And uh, you know, credit the Chargers for pulling it out, shorthanded as they were. They hung around, hung around, and were able to uh, take advantage at the end. Yeah, big man saw six, but he just needs to go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they still had to score points because it was, it was tied. But, uh, yeah, you can't just drop the ball, man. <laughs> that's yeah, that's especially- inexcusable. Especially at home, the Falcons—you got to pick this game up somehow, some way. You can't get shut out in the fourth quarter like you did, and expect to come out with a win. You can't get beat with a, a last-minute field goal. Um, a lot of things kind of went against the, the the Falcons, especially in the second half. But um, I think they did a pretty good job containing Eckler. I think they did a decent job on Herbert um, until like the second half. Um, Herbert really didn't go target too many other people other than Palmer for the most part, but. Uh, I, I'm not impressed with this uh, defense from the Falcons. I've been saying this for a while. I don't think they're a good caliber first place team. They have a pretty decent uh, offense and a couple uh, good games. Definitely a, a decent luck streak, you could say. Um, and they're you know they're coming out of the NFC South, so um, should be a battle. Uh, well, let's see what they do against Tampa Bay, but I, I I don't see them contending much much further in the season. All right, well let's move on to the AFC East. MetLife Stadium and the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets beat the Buffalo Bills 20-17. to uh, Zach Wilson in the wake of his, uh, what, three interception pick game he did last week. Uh, well, well, he didn't throw any interceptions this week. Uh, threw for 154 yards and a touchdown. Um, and then, of course, you had uh, Josh Allen who threw for 205 yards Uh and two picks, which was uh, uh, probably a bit of a big deal. He did rush the ball for uh, two touchdowns, but those two picks is what really got him in the end. So going into this, we were talking about uh, New York, the, the Jets, their defense. Um, you know, are, this is definitely a statement win for them. Do you take them seriously? Was this more of a Bills blunder or um, a Jets uh, jiving win? 
showing everybody that uh, they are for real and they should be taken seriously. Uh, I, for myself, think that the, the that their defense at least should be taken seriously. I'm still on the fence regarding their offense, of course, because of uh, of their young quarterback. But um, you know, what do you guys think? Is this uh, what, what is what what is this saying in regards to the strength of the East, the AFC East here? Um, and uh, what is this going to look like moving forward? Yeah, it's, it's very strong. Um, I think it's kind of a bit of both as to the Jets are for real, especially the defense, and the Bills kind of bungled this one away. Uh, in the prediction episode, I pretty much said that the Bills should win this one handily, but if they're going to lose, the Jets are going to have to force some turnovers and uh, make some easy opportunities for their offense and they were able to do that they're able to get a couple turnovers and the key was wilson not turning it over if he turned it over there there's they got no shot at winning this one and they're able to pull it out at the end so if you play really good defense in this league and you're, if you force the other team to turn it over you're going to be in the game even though your quarterback throws for not even 150 yards um and the jets they, they've been able to do that you know they're a tough gritty team and they've hung in a lot of games and been able to take advantage of some some make some late runs uh so yeah you, no one can take them lightly anymore but i i still would think buffalo is definitely the class of that division yeah 100 percent. this this game was close uh well into the fourth quarter it was knotted up 17 uh for for a while um the jets defense did play pretty well um they got some costly turnovers that ultimately put them in the uh, the win, cal- uh, win column on this one. Uh, pretty much a big upset for the Bills fans in the Bills franchise. Uh, Josh Allen did everything he could to try to capture a win. I think he played pretty well aside from the two picks that were very costly. He did still target his playmakers. He did get the ball around to multiple receivers. Um, Singletary was pretty decent as well. And I just I just think they had a couple of hiccups that they couldn't uh, they couldn't hurdle. Um, and the Jets capitalized. They were playing at home. They got a good couple costly flags in their favor as well, um, and and the turnovers. So um, happy for the Jets. I just don't. I, again, this is another team. I I don't see it continuing. I, I see the luck streak, um, you know, coming to the end once once we get down to the wire on some of these uh, better caliber teams. But you got to applaud the upset here today, uh, yesterday. I know, but how much of this is like the NFL of old thought? Because I'm looking at the AFC East and I see the Bills at six and two, the Jets at six and three, the Dolphins at six and three, and the Patriots at five and four. And that blows my mind because I'm like, nah, these none of these teams are for real. But then the teams that I think are for real are showing me that they're not. Anyway, I mean we can get into this as as you know, we 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 uh, go through this weekend, but um, you know, it's to me it's an it's an interesting thing. I'm I find myself being new challenged, empire. right? Is it? Do you think it is, Chris? Do you think it's a new empire? Is this what we're seeing, a turning of a page? I think so. I mean, it's got to change sooner or later. So, yeah, we're, we're starting to see some of the, the, the movement with uh, some of these old heavy hitters not being as uh, heavy hitting anymore. I mean, what do you <laughs> think? some new teams coming up. What do you think there, Kevin? Is, is this yeah. – uh, go ahead. Possibly, yeah. James Robinson is a huge pickup for Jets. I think that that's someone they could build this offense around. They got a pretty good young quarterback, so I mean, it could be, you know, a change in, in, in power structure, so to speak. But I don't know. Josh Allen is a competitor. I think that Bills will kind of be. I think that that's the new 
uh, change of power. I think that came from the Patriots and it went over to the Bills. And I think it's still Bills' time right now. I don't see the Jets taking that over. Although, you know, it could be up in the air. But, you know, my like you said, you know, Miami's right there too. Miami's in the picture. Um so um, just a very competitive division. We'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Fair enough. Well, let's head to FedEx Stadium as the Washington Commanders hosted the Miami. Excuse me, the Minnesota Vikings. You just said Miami, so it made me think of it. Uh, Minnesota Vikings. The uh, Vikings were able to beat the Commanders twenty to seventeen. Uh, Kirk Cousins threw for two hundred and sixty-five yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. And uh, Taylor Heineke. Heineke uh, excuse me, three for 149 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception. Uh, frankly, I actually thought that they were going to, uh, the Minnesota Vikings were going to, to 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 stomp the Commanders. This was actually a lot closer of a game than I thought it would be. Um, you know, and and also, frankly, the Vikings they were losing uh, in the in the third quarter. Uh, 10 to, to 7. So uh, I, this wasn't uh, didn't go the way that I thought it would. I still think that uh, the Minnesota Vikings are, are uh, a, a big threat. Um, and I, I really like that addition of TJ Hawkinson. Uh, he uh, what got nine receptions for 70 yards today. Uh, I know that they're just going to expand upon that. Um, and of course, Justin Jefferson doing what Justin Jefferson does. Um, so a lot of good things uh, in Minnesota. I, I think that, uh, of course, they are, you know, the clear favorite for uh, where they sit and stand uh, in the NFC North. Um, so w- what did you guys think of this? Uh, was this, you know, you know, got the, they're, they're sitting, what, seven and one now? Um, you know, what, what are you thinking yeah. about the, uh, the Vikings? Yeah, they showed some good resiliency today on the road against a team that you should go out there and control and it's not that easy you know we've seen it all year and the nfl is famous for this of you know take a team lightly then you'll get beat especially on the road and um you know we did talk about the quarterback for the reds the uh, commanders how uh the team really seems to kind of rally around his energy and they're a scrappy bunch so they kind of hang in some games and they had the lead for a little while but you know good teams when they're down they, they face adversity you know they can show their their toughness to come back and pull one out, which the Vikings did. So give them credit for that, even though they did it against a much inferior opponent. Um, But, you know, they kind of answered some questions because if they go in there and they lose this one, people aren't really looking at the Vikings, even at that, they would have been six and two at that record. They're, they're not looking at them the same kind of like how I was looking at them going into this one. But uh, that's a good sign that they can come back and win games like this, go to seven and one, you know, they keep this up. They're going to get that that first seed or that first round by, and you're going to have to go into Minnesota. So they're setting themselves up pretty nicely right now. Yeah, guys, this was my underdog pick of the weekend. I was a little bummed because this one was close. This one is also 17-17 in the fourth, late in the fourth quarter as well. Um, yeah, if I'm a Minnesota fan, you guys just go ahead and get ready. Get ready for your your home games and playoffs. You know, you you should have the pretty much a, a good you know, way out all the way to to the playoffs. Like you should get your division. You know, um, it was I mean it was a good win for you guys. Um, 
I think Kirk Cousins says it best uh, after the game. He just said, hey, you know, we have to find – we have to, you know, fight and crawl and find ways to win the game. And, you know, th- they did. And Tyler, Tyler uh, Heineke, uh, as you're saying, it seems like they're rallying around this guy. Um, they even mentioned, too, that the season tickets for the next season actually have Tyler Heineke's face, uh, just him, on the, uh, the tickets. Uh, so I don't know what that means as far as a Commanders fan. I don't know if Carson Wentz is out. I don't know what this means. But looking at watching him, he does kind of keep the guys in the game, although this one he blew it. Um, this one he threw a last-minute pick uh, that obviously led to the winning field goal, uh, put the Vikings in a really good position, um, and he he could have been a hero. He could have went down there and, and uh, beat the 6-1 and one at the time, Vikings, um, and you know everyone would be even singing his praise even more uh, than what the what they're doing already. But this is a good game. Um, yeah, I don't have too much to say about this. Diggs had a great game. Thielen had a great game. Cousins made it happen. But uh, this was kind of given to him. They were they were down really early in the game. Did you happen to catch Kirk Cousins uh, shirtless, all iced out on the uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the plane flight home celebrating? Uh, that was yeah, pretty funny. Really a good time. <laughs> I love to see that. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals hosted the Carolina Panthers uh, and uh, slaughtered them 42-21. Not much to say about this game other than do you would you say that in Carolina the tank has officially begun? Um, they were playing P.J. Walker in the first half, uh, then second half switched to old Baker Mayfield. He made an appearance. Uh, <laughs> Baker threw for 155 yards. In two touchdowns, by the way, um, opposed to uh, P.J. Walker, nine nine yards and uh, two interceptions. That's not very good. Anyway, um, so what do you think? Has the tank begun? Because uh, there was somewhat glimmer of hope or glimmer of, of, of trying, or I don't know what it was. Just, uh, hey, throw caution to the wind, go out there and play ball and, and see what happens. Yeah. But uh, um, it, it looked like uh, Carolina was giving it uh, a, a shot, a try. But uh, this probably ends ends the conversation regarding that, right? Yeah, they had a couple surprise showings with their third string quarterback out there that they're able to stay in some games and, and make them competitive. So they just, you know, might as well keep rolling with it. And then when you got down 35 to nothing, you're like, all right, well, let's uh, roll Baker out there and maybe we can make this somewhat respectable, which they, they did. Um, but yeah, the Bengals, you know, they're kind of rolling, stomped a, a team that they should stomp at home. So. Yeah, nothing really shocking here. But, yeah, you put Baker out there, you're definitely in tank mode. You want to get some high picks. (laughs) 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 Desperation mode, getting beat 35-0, literally have no answers. Got to give it up for Joe Mixon, five TDs in one game. I think that's a Cincinnati record for single-game touchdowns. And Joe Burrow had a decent game, too. So, yeah, since he just ran with this one. Yeah, it's funny because here I am, like, last week, I'm totally going back on my, like, oh, they're not going to make the playoffs uh, uh, storyline because, you know, I made that you know, bold prediction early and uh, off of their loss last week, it was looking like a pretty good one. Um, Not saying that I was expecting them not to beat the Carolina Panthers, but they beat them handedly. And this was just kind of a bit of a, I don't know if it's a statement wind as much as like, hey, it's it's a uh, a confidence booster, you know, that'll be great for their squad. And uh, that should uh, help, uh, you know, 
send them into the next following week. All right, let's move on to Jacksonville as the Jaguars hosted the Las Vegas Raiders. And surprisingly enough, actually, Chris, you called this one. I picked uh, it. The Jacksonville Jaguars, they beat the Las Vegas Raiders 27-20. I myself never really thought that the Raiders would win, except for the fact that if I picked the Jaguars to beat them, then they would. <laughs> and so I was doing my... Uh, my uh, Boy Scout duty in uh, selecting uh, the Vegas Raiders for the win. But uh, Derek Carr threw for 259 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he connected a handful of times with his old college mate, Devontae Adams. 149 yards for Devontae and two touchdowns as well. Man, they were looking good. They were looking great. They were looking like, we hard, we here, we doing this. And then uh, <laughs> the second half happened, and there was 17 unanswered points. Yeah, the Raiders, they've been getting some big leads, and then they've been giving them all right back, and then some. I think this is the third game where they've had at least a 17-point lead where they ended up losing. Uh, lost to the Chiefs, lost to the Jags. I think they were even down or up 20 to nothing against the uh, Cardinals and, and lost that. So not good, not a good sign for your defense. Uh, that also shows that your offense isn't able to – uh, really dominate the ball when they need to. Um, Jacobs, the run game looked good at times, and then it kind of went away. Um, but on the other side of the ball, uh, Lawrence played well, and uh, their running back, ETN, played really well. And they were able to get back into it, and uh, maybe a little bit of, of uh, home momentum that they got going. And uh, second half, yeah, they really kind of controlled the game and shut down the Raiders. And it just seemed like almost every other throw Carr was making, he's back there like, no, you were supposed to do this, or, oh, you were supposed to do that. Like, you know, they're just not on the same page. And, uh, yeah, it's it's great to see. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with you, absolutely, especially in Jacksonville. Um, they, <laughs> they came back from behind, so you got to give it to the Jags. They were, they were getting beat pretty handily in the first half, but with the Raiders, I mean, if you can't put any points up in the whole second half, especially from an NFL team, you're just not going to win the game. And Adams had a pretty good game. Uh, Derek Carr had a pretty decent game as well. I think he passed the 35 um, the 35 ranked most uh, uh, passing uh, completions uh, in the whole NFL franchise history. Um, so he had a decent game. I'll have to look that up, though. I think it was the 35th of the – but anyway, he had a decent game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was pretty inconsistent, as Trevor Lawrence is, and ETN had a decent game as well. Um, nothing to get too excited about. These teams are, you know, kind of subpar teams. Yeah, uh, and, of course, uh, you know, the Raiders are – pretty much done there they fall into two and six now uh, afc west um and uh the jaguars are now what three and six all right let's move on to chicago as the bears hosted the miami dolphins uh this was actually a lot closer game than I, at least i thought it was going to be uh the miami dolphins beat the chicago bears 35 to 32 to otago vailoa throwing for 302 yards and three touchdowns and uh, Justin Fields for the Bears, throwing for 123 yards and three touchdowns. Not a lot of yards, but actually was looking pretty good with the arm. I was I was watching him, and I was I was actually surprised. And uh, you know, uh, I, you know, even a, a broke clock is uh, right twice a day. Um, so is this uh, is this Justin Fields coming up, or is this Justin Fields? Um, you know, just having a good day. Well, the Bears, they've been scoring points these, these last several weeks. You know, they've been kind of surprising us and I think everyone else. You know, they had that great showing against 
New England, and then uh, they scored a lot of points against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are supposed to have a great defense, even though they lost that game. And then again, they scored a lot of points again today. Now, is it just because they're they're playing against teams, at least with the Cowboys and uh, uh, Miami today, that, that had a good lead, so they're able to kind of face some defenses that aren't playing as as pressing. Uh, but either way, their their coordinators figure something out, and they're using fields uh strengths a lot better they're moving around they're running the ball better uh, they did have that addition of the wide receiver that they traded for claypool so i think they're giving defenses something else to have to think about which is some opening some things up for them so surprisingly they scored so much but the story of, of course is about miami and that offense and those receivers and tua being very accurate even though he underthrows some balls at times and you know they, they could be some bigger plays but still their completions and still their chunk plays um I saw somebody tweet, I want to say it was Shannon Sharp that was saying that, oh, Tua should be considered for the MVP and Tyreek Hill should be considered for uh, Offensive Player of the Year. I was like, no, I mean, Tua, sure, having a great, great year, but if anyone's MVP, it's Tyreek Hill on that team. It's not even close. Even without Tua in there, he was still getting like almost 200 yards a game. He is just carrying this team, this offense. you got to account for him, which opens everything else out, including Waddle, and you've got a good running back in Mostert. So, you know, the Dolphins, they got a great offense, obviously, and uh, I was surprised their defense gave up as many points as they did, but, you know, they're going to be a scary team if you have to face them in the playoffs because they got so many things you got to account for. Yeah, this was a great game. This went back and forth. I think uh, Justin Fields was listening to our podcast, and so I think he actually taken into consideration what we've been saying, and so he's actually doing it more and more. You look on, you look on the on the stat sheet, and he's got 178 yards on the ground. So he's running the ball, he's making plays, yep. um, which is what he's playing into his 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 uh, his talent zone. He's he's playing into uh, where he's more comfortable. That's what he needs to be doing: opening up plays on the move, rolling out of the pocket, and getting things going i think that he's starting to figure it out i think he knows now that he can he can run in this league and then uh with his legs he can open up you know passing lanes in the in the air um and this for the dolphins it was a great win for them to battle back because it did go back and forth so it did have to show some kind of you know some kind of grit um and some um some uh uh Attitude, I guess you could say, from from the Miami Dolphins. But you, you, you're absolutely right, Chris. Tyree Kill is just—he's just so explosive out there. Um, he's the first receiver to uh, surpass a thousand yards um, in nine games. And so uh, you know, Tyree Kill, he's just a beast. So if Tua just keeps hitting them, uh, the, the Dolphins will be all right. I don't think they'll get the division, but they definitely will put themselves in a good position to potentially grab a wild card. And that's, and that's why Tua the, the MVP. Skip, <laughs> do it MVP because that skip it's undefeated, yeah. undefeated yeah. as a starter. He undefeated, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Shannon Sharp, man. I love that guy. Uh, all right, Seattle Seahawks, they headed to Arizona to take on the Cardinals, and uh, they beat them 31 uh, 21. It doesn't help when you get sacked five times. Seattle's uh, defense is definitely stepping up and uh, uh, getting at it. Uh, Kyler Murray, uh, like I said, uh, uh, spending a lot of time on the field, um, on the field as in laid out, sacked, <laughs> because uh, he only threw for 175 yards and two touchdowns, but do Gino, the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, why it's Gino Smith and Gino, he threw for 275 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. You want to talk about MVP 
Skip. <laughs> I'm saying Gino right. Smith. I throw, I throw his yeah. hat in there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gino Smith. All right, Chris. Yeah. You're our resident Gino Smith hater. What do you got to say now? <laughs> Man, they got they got a good system up there. I mean, they know what they're doing. They know that they're going to run the ball. They know that they're going to go play action, uh, which is going to make it much easier on Gino. They know they're going to play good defense. You know, Pete Carroll's got a system, and he's been sticking with it. They've been successful for a long time. And uh, even though they've they've dropped off the last couple of years, uh, mainly because we saw the Rams and the 49ers just get so good. Um, but or maybe both because those they teams, had Russell Wilson. Well, there's that too. And I've been saying it for a long time too, that he's massively overrated. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Gino, you know, when – <laughs> when he was with the Jets, wasn't in a good situation. He's in a much better situation now. He does already have two great receivers uh, with Metcalf and uh, Lockett, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, uh, you know, again, when you can run the ball and you can play good defense, run play action with those two guys, you're going you're gonna to be in a good position. And I thought that this game would be pretty close. The Cardinals kind of made a run there at the end but then the seattle does what good teams are supposed to do they they went right back down and scored and put the game away so yeah they're they're looking good and uh, they're looking scary and it's looking like it might be coming down to who would have thought the philadelphia eagles the minnesota vikings and the seattle seahawks as the teams to beat in the nfc this year Absolutely. I came into this season thinking Seattle was going to be in last place. Yeah. They were questionable. Like, who's the who's going to be the quarterback? They were still trying to figure it out. Uh, this is some crazy to see. I actually had the Cardinals on this one. I thought the Cardinals would have made a statement win. I did see that they obviously did, you know, include DeAndre Hopkins in the offensive scheme. Uh, DeAndre had a pretty good game, but just wasn't enough to to beat Seattle. Seattle, they they have they have a good scheme going. I agree with you guys, and they have playmakers too. They have a lot of talent on offensive, even the wide receiver core. And you know, looking at the game too, and watching Geno Smith. He's not making bonehead bonehead decisions. He's he's actually pretty cool and calm and collected back there, um, and it's actually surprising because he, he, I don't know when I thought of Geno Smith, I thought of oh he, this he's a he's a newer quarterback, but he's actually not. He's been in the league for quite a while now, so he's he's been you know he's he's seen. He's seen this speed. He's seen the gameplay, and so he's kind of just fitting in. And I think this is his time. Absolutely, this is his time. And Seattle, you know, they keep they keep winning along. So uh, I'm sure we'll see them in the playoffs. And the thing is, is Geno Smith. I've said this before, and and because we brought up Russell Wilson, you got Geno Smith uh, sitting in a nice system now. Like you said, Chris, he's not in New York in the with the Jets. He's he's in a Pete Carroll system, and so it's 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 a statement when. Uh, Geno Smith is looking like Russell Wilson, and now Russell yeah. Wilson in Denver is looking like Geno Smith. So uh, take that for what that is. Uh, but uh, I'd be remiss to not mentioning Kenneth Walker the third for running for 109 yards and two touchdowns yep. as well, making a, having a great showing for uh, Seattle. Uh, obviously, who would have thunk that uh, they'd be sitting pretty at the top of the NFC East? Just blows my mind. Uh, all right, let's move on um, uh, to Tampa Bay as the Buccaneers uh, hosted the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, this was just a frustrating game as a Rams fan. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat the Los Angeles Rams 16-13 uh, in a game that the Rams led 
the majority, if not actually all of the game, um, actually all of the game, looking at the stats now, uh, one of the highlights is Tom Brady. He threw for over 100,000 yards career-wise, top of the list there, of course, just because, you know, him in that father time, just that battle doesn't seem to have existed yet. Uh, and uh, Brady, of course, he, he he threw for 280 yards and a touchdown, um, had a great showing. Uh, again, I know I'm just going to let you go off, Chris, because this was all about the Rams <laughs> defense or lack thereof. And of course, the soft zone. Everybody now, it's gets, it actually gets embarrassing as a Rams fan now because all the commentaries commentators, excuse me, on every sh- game I watch. It's like, the soft zone? Why are they doing the soft zone? What are they doing the soft zone? Look at this soft zone. It's ridiculous, the soft zone. Okay, I've said it. Go ahead, Chris. Uh, uh, go for it. No, oh, yeah, I mean, this game was just totally maddening uh, as a fan. Totally frustrating because this is something that we've been harping on, and you know if we see it, everyone else sees it, right. and every single time they play, the commentators commentate it or mention it multiple times and then even on uh there was a sunday night football they they literally had a graph (laughs) showing you how many yards these corners were away and they were like 11 yards 12 yards like that much of a cushion when the team is going down with no timeouts you're giving them an easy 10 yard out get out of bounds and they just march right back down so i know all the talk and all the narratives and be oh tom brady a hundred thousand yards oh tom brady a minute no timeouts did you see what he did he marched right back down got a touchdown tom brady's so great like no man any freaking quarterback in the league could have went down and scored on that when you got the defense out there just giving you the most pathetic soft zone i've ever seen and i can just rant and rave all day long about the defense but still it it wasn't even totally their fault the offense has got to score some damn points they had one play where that bombed a cup with the touchdown they had another bombed a cup uh later on but they couldn't punch it in and they were just totally inept all day long you get several three and outs even on both sides and the bucks were you're not looking good either and uh yeah it, it, it's it's over man it's just the season is over for the rams yeah. their left guard was complete trash he's just out there uh you know like he's uh going against some bulls and he's got a red cape or something he's just like ole go ahead go right past me go right past me go ahead go sack stafford a he matador <laughs> yeah it's ole. Uh, go get stafford get him a red cape. i don't do protection <laughs> it's just over and over and over again you saw uh, oh what's that guy's name i want to say maivea but that's not it um not uh, whatever his name is for the bucks um oh, he was yeah, just living right. yeah he was just yeah uh, he was living in the backfield <laughs> and sean mcveigh this all comes down to him uh he's he's the leader of this team and he needs to grow some damn balls he needs to stop play calling so scared he needs to get more aggressive with his play calls that's first off. Second off, he needs to fire the defensive coordinator. He should have done this weeks ago, but you keep seeing the same thing over and over and over again where it's third and five, third and three, third and seven, and instead of being able to get your team off the field, you're playing this just ridiculous soft zone to yeah. where you can get an easy completion, extend the drive, and that's every single time the Bucks scored today, it was because of that. They got multiple third and mids, third and sevens, third and threes, third and nines sometimes, where they just ran a quick little in, complete, 
extend the drive. And they did that every single time that they were able to, to score the ball. And it reared its really ugly head there at the end when a minute left and uh, they easily marched right back down and, and scored a touchdown with like 10 or nine seconds left. So it's totally pathetic. It's inexcusable. Sean McVay needs to clear some, clear some house there because uh, he even said they, they got to make some changes. So he needs to actually make some changes. He can't just keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. You got to do something, man. You got to change up your offense. I mean, I don't know if you got to start going four wide, five wide, where you can run more screens out there. You can get a lot more shorter routes plus some longer routes. You can get it down the field more. Uh, Matt Stafford was just overthrowing everyone, it seemed like, <laughs> other than Cup. He missed Jefferson by like seven yards on that one pass. So it's a mess. And I know it's tough because there's there's you got Evans up there. You got a really bad offensive line, uh, but you got to do something. I mean, you got to change it up. You can't just keep running the same scheme you, you scheme you've been doing. And man, like Wade Phillips, you need a job. <laughs> we yeah, need a, a new defensive coordinator. Back. This is it's a joke. It really is a joke. So yeah, it just it seems like the season is over now unless they literally win out. Uh, which good luck. Yeah. Um, is, yeah. They they could maybe win the division if they do that because they still have to play Seattle twice. They've got one more against Arizona. I mean, so maybe they got a long shot, but it's a very long shot, and they got a lot to fix. And it just it doesn't look good. Vitavia for the uh, Buccaneers. Yeah, there it is. He 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 he, yeah. he, uh, he needed to propose to Matt Stafford. He was laying on top of him so much. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was brutal. Jeez. Historic game that was ugly as hell. <laughs> Tom Brady yeah. with over a hundred thousand yards. Um, obviously, something we probably may not see again because he's played so so long. It's kind of um, it's kind of disappointing because Drew Brees had that record, and Drew Brees I think he's sitting at eighty two and a half. So that just puts things in perspective how much longer Tom Brady Tom Brady's kind of lasted out there. Um, yeah, ugly game, guys. Very, very ugly. Very, very frustrating. Um, even for a Tampa Bay fan, I mean, if you're, if I mean, you're probably happy about this win, but you can't be that happy, right? I mean, yeah, it all it was just slop all over the place. Um, with the Rams, they just never got the run game going. They never got any uh, uh, pass block going. Um, and literally, Stafford just had cup. Literally, Higby was a, a no show. Allen, Allen had like two or three grabs. What was a forty six yards or whatnot? But it's just, it was just. It was just uh, uh, one of those games you just scratch your head. You just want to throw the remote at the TV because whoever's calling these um, plays, they just don't make sense. Um, And, yeah, we could go on and on about the Rams' offense. And you look at Tampa Bay's offense, and it was kind of very similar. I mean, they were just pretty much reduced to kicking field goals predominantly the whole game except for the last touchdown drive. But, I mean, they're kicking three or, you know, he made three field goals, but they ended up kicking four field goals because they couldn't really do anything offensively still with the soft zone. And even the commentators, yeah, were exactly what you guys are saying. They're circling like Ramsey right next to Wagner. And why are they they standing flat-footed in the middle of the the field on the last drive where Tom Brady throws a 28-yard pass um, to Scotty Miller in the middle of the field, and they're just sitting there standing there flat-footed, and the ball literally went right over their head and I mean if these commentators are able no. to pick that up I mean that's just embarrassing and especially from Bobby Wagner and Ramsey that's kind of you expect these guys to be more of a playmaker and not be 
caught flat-footed in these type of uh, situations. And then exactly what you're saying, Chris, just the sideline game from that point on. And Tom Brady obviously did his homework. He, he knew in the crunch he could go to the sidelines, and that, that was open, which just didn't make any sense. It's a very, very tough game. Um, I, hopefully the Rams can make a bounce back, but I do agree with you guys. That defensive, co- <laughs> defensive coach, man, good night, He's dude. got to go. I, yeah, man, you got to go. You got to go. And then the defense, I mean, it, they just need to toughen up. You know, they need to have a little more attitude in there. They need to play a little more chippy. And Ramsey, he needs to he needs to be up in guys' jockstrap on the line and stop playing this like half cornerback, half safety, half linebacker look. Yeah, it was really weird seeing him out there in the game uh, yesterday, where he was like playing this like mid, like half linebacker, half DB, which is like very odd. I don't know if that's something they're trying to do now, but. It, that's not yep. what he's, nah, he's yeah he's that not has everything that to do way. with with Morse the coordinator and and this weird defense that he's he's come up with yeah doesn't play man coverage doesn't have his best guy on their best guy to shut him down it's just it's just really bad so yeah the Buccaneers got to be made the Buccaneers had just a five percent chance of winning according to next gen stats uh, after they turned the ball over on downs with a minute and fifty two seconds remaining in the game trailing thirteen nine. Tom Brady completed five of six passes for 54 yards and a touchdown on the Buccaneers game-winning drive. And that's the story. All right, let's move on to Sunday night football as the Kansas City Chiefs hosted the Tennessee Titans. Uh, This one was a close game as well. Um, It it was, you know, it was a very entertaining game, I must say. It was uh, definitely offense versus defense, in in my opinion. Um, And uh, Patrick Mahomes had, uh, you know, a bit of a show, uh, 500, excuse me, 446 yards uh, throwing, uh, one touchdown uh, throwing, uh, one interception. uh, But he also rushed for 63 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, A bit of a sloppy play on both sides. Uh, Titans were uh, sitting without... Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, t- uh, Ryan, Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. Thank you very much. And had uh, Malik Willis instead, uh, who threw for just 80 yards. Uh, but of course, it was all about Keen Henry rushing for 115 and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, to me, it's just like this is a bad comparison now because the Rams aren't very good. But this was always like akin to the Rams and the 49ers, where it just always seemed like. On paper, the the Rams were the better team, but yet the 49ers always had their number. I always kind of feel this way with the Chiefs. Uh, uh, you know, obviously the previous comparison is probably not a great comparison because the Rams aren't very good now. But the you know the Chiefs and the Titans they always seem to struggle against the Titans. Their physicality, um, they're they're just they're just the way that they like the, the chiefs are more finesse and, and the Titans are more boom in your face. Um, and, yeah. and I find that they always struggle with that. Uh, what were your takeaways from, from this matchup? Yeah, this was like you said, offense and, and defense. So the chiefs could not run the ball at all. And they're already a team that doesn't run very much to begin with, but they, they couldn't run at all. So the uh, Titans pretty much knew that they're going to sit back in coverage and just kind of make Mahomes pick them apart which eventually he was able to do, but there was a long drought there. They got up nine to nothing. And since then, until late in the fourth quarter, they didn't really do anything, uh, really shut them down. And uh, 
you know, the Chiefs, I, I mentioned it, their offense can kind of go missing f- at times. Um, and the fear was that they're going to fall behind and the Titans were able to going to be able to just run it and, and run the clock out on them. So I think they kind of dodged one today with Tennessee having their backup quarterback in there. Cause it, it really was all right. Chiefs, we know you guys are going to throw it. We're going to play defense on that. And then the chiefs were playing defense. Like, all right, we know you're going to run it. So we're just going to stop that. And it, it turned out that Mahomes was able to make more plays that they're the more talented offense. So it took them overtime, took a comeback, but they were able to do it. And even in overtime, they weren't able to go in and put it away and score a touchdown. They had to kick a field goal, but you know, with the with Willis in there, um, he's not. He wasn't able to drive the ball. Uh, he's not there yet. He's not ready yet. So, be interesting to see if um, if they had to face uh, with Tannehill back there, what the result was going to be. Um, but yeah, you know, in the NFL, you're always happy to get a win. But uh, for a little while there, I was like, man, is this the Rams' offense? Uh, they go out there and put on Chiefs uniforms. What's going on? Because they're giving up all kinds of sacks. They <laughs> they can't run the ball. <laughs> like, what's going on here? But they were able to uh, make some adjustments. Mahomes made some really crucial plays with his legs. A couple great catches as well uh, by uh, uh, Watson had that one like bobbling yeah. catch that that was huge, and uh, Kelsey had oh, had a great catch as well. Uh, I think Schuster even had a, one of those great catches. So, so great plays all around offensively uh, in, in crunch time when they really needed it because it wasn't looking good there for a little while. But tough game, like you said, um, kind of a rivalry game. And, uh, yeah, happy the Chiefs were able to pull it out. Yeah, definitely AFC showdown. Definitely a rivalry game. The Titans beat the Chiefs five out of six times that they've played. Um, so you can absolutely say that the Titans have the Chiefs number. They do come out, like kind of punch you in the face. It was very physical from the get-go, and that was pretty obvious on the first play where Travis Kelsey got up and pretty much you know, it was a little you know push-and-shove match going on. Um, it's it's pretty simple to say uh, see that the you know the Titans they ran defensive schemes on Patrick Mahomes and got him very uncomfortable uh, in and outside of the pocket. It was great man to co- man to man coverage um, in the secondary, and they totally completely just disregarded the run. Um, all the run, I mean, uh, what uh, Pacheco had like five yards. And, you know, Edwards Hilaire had another five yards. Um, Patrick Mahomes had the most running yards in the whole in the whole game, and that's pretty much the difference between. Um, you know, pretty much the difference in the game. Uh, you could tell off of uh, the, the coach's face from uh, the Titans that he didn't predict Mahomes to be running as much as he did, but uh, he took advantage of it anyway. He had 63 yards on the ground. Um, it's it's pretty obvious to say though, if 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 you force Patrick Mahomes to get rid of the ball quick, and you can you can man to man, you can have like you know really good coverage in the secondary and. Um, if he has to, he has to roll out, and you can still get pressure on him. I think you have a good chance of beating the Chiefs. I think that that's pretty much the um, the kryptonite of of Patrick Mahomes. He, it's either a curse or a blessing for him rolling out uh, because when he rolls out, sometimes he makes great plays, and sometimes he he really doesn't. Sometimes he forces things, and sometimes uh, you know he's he's uh, you know puts himself in harm's way, and he's not making the, the right decision. I think he prolongs the plays. I think he. Has 
has a habit of doing that. That's kind of what we yeah. saw in the AFC loss last year uh, against yeah. the Bengals, where he prolongs the plays and he gets used to doing that when they're down because he wants to make the big play. And I think with Patrick Mahomes, that again, that's his gift and that's also a curse. If you can stick man-to-man coverage where no one's open and he's still prolonging thing, oh man, that's a good chance where you can you can capitalize and and force Mahomes into making some bad decisions and actually get get ahead with the Chiefs. But again, with the Chiefs not their non-existent run game. I, I didn't understand why they kept trying to run the ball in, uh, in between the tackles. You know, they didn't really try to get all, any kind of sweeps, and I think here and there, but nothing around the side of, of, the, of the tackles. Um, I think that's where I would see a um, lot more success. Um, and they just, they just, regardless, they just kept trying to run the ball up the middle, and they just kept getting stuffed. So, um, Patrick Mahomes had, what, a killer day so, so to speak on the numbers but again this was a day where he had to, he had to throw the ball because the run game was non-existent you know he had 68 passing attempts guys that was too short of drew bledsoe who actually had the record in the whole nfl league for the most passing attempts in a single game and that's that's just the defense forcing their will and forcing Patrick Mahomes to to find the little ins and outs, you know, and and so anyway, the Chiefs did come out on top. Uh, the defense looked very subpar. I mean, if it was me, if I was the Titans, I would just kept running the ball, giving it to Derrick Henry. But for some reason, he was out of the uh, he was on the sideline for a lot of the yeah. last minutes of the fourth quarter, which didn't make sense to me because you're still winning the game. And even if it was third down and six, I still would have gave him the ball and and still would have chance, you know. Give it to my playmaker. Get it out of the rookie's hands, um, out of my second string, you know, quarterback's hands, and, and you know, let Derrick Henry either win or lose this game. And they they went away with that. So to your to your point, Chris, I 100 percent agree with you. They're lucky that Tannehill's didn't play in this game because if he did, this would have been a really scary eye opening loss for the Chiefs um, because they didn't have they didn't come in with the uh, the correct. Uh, offensive scheme and then also you know the defensive scheme was was kind of subpar now with the titans what they did is they pushed all their front men you know three of their front men uh defensively to the left side they rushed to they kind of um try to push in that left side and then had the uh fourth defensive end kind of round about and try to catch Patrick Mahomes in the, on the back end of, of the rush and that seemed to work because that supplied pressure to Mahomes that he wasn't used to and he felt you could see in his face he was frustrated and they were, he was very uncomfortable what a grueling game AFC showdown for sure we'll see them again in the playoffs um, but I, again I have to I do have to applaud Patrick Mahomes because um, at the end of the game they were uh, they were interviewing him and they were saying you know, uh, basically uh, how did you do this and uh, how do you feel about uh, you know your play that you know put your team on top you know you did this and this and that and they were pretty much just praising him and he he, he shut it down he was like no 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 hold on Th- this wasn't about me this was this was about our team obviously I can't win this game by myself and uh, that you know I, I have things I have to work on so you know without you know Noah's great yeah no great uh Noah's gray uh, bobbling catch and um, you know a big game from uh, Travis Kelsey you know the Chiefs probably would have been blown out in this game and there's one thing I do have to say though and this and, that, and I'll just leave it at this but Patrick Holmes didn't necessarily I know he involved what 11 receivers or something like that I mean it's pretty pretty impressive um, but he didn't really involve Scantling as much as he should have 
Um, he only threw the ball to him one time, and I was seeing play after play after play. This dude was open. The ball, the the play was opening up, and this dude was was finding open space where he could have been easily given the ball. But for some reason, Mahomes is not in that that habit of looking to him when he needs to. I think he needs to start taking consideration what he's doing out there on the field. I think predominantly he's just looking at Travis Kelsey and then he his alternative is, is Schuster after. And I think he needs to implement Valdez in that offense a little bit more because Man, he was open down the field so many different times, and you know you can't give. He only got him the ball one time, and he he caught it for what was it twelve yards. He caught it, but he that was it. He only threw it to him one time, and uh, I I mean if I was Mahomes, I'd look at the film and and hopefully someone tells him, hey, you got to implement Valdez a little bit more, and um, I think they'll be okay. This is a grueling win, but um, Chiefs will have definitely some things to work on. So perhaps yeah. the offense has to head back to the laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you... Uh, Chris Collinsworth I'm, and uh, what's his name? <laughs> the broadcasters for Sunday Night Football kept on referring to the laboratory. <laughs> that, he, that they're all, uh, you know, uh, uh, participate in. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the Bengals AFC Championship game last year because for a little bit I thought I was re-watching that game because I was like, why is he like holding on to the ball so long? And they show these replays and you got guys that if he takes his three or five step drop sit you know reels back and, and throws it on timing they're open and but he he gets into that habit of wanting to hang on to the ball and today he was able to make the plays but you gotta face some of those teams uh you know in the yeah. playoffs sometimes you're not able to do it and and you can't pull it out so yeah i definitely agree he's got to get better on some of those timing plays to some of those other receivers he can't just get caught up in just looking at two guys and and then rolling out and running or or trying to make a play, which he's great at. But I think if he adds that extra little element where he can just sit back, rear back, and throw it, um, and get that those timing uh, routes down, that then they're basically unstoppable. Well, both uh, squads are sitting at top of their division: the Chiefs six and two in the AFC West, and the Tennessee Titans five and three for the AFC South. All right, real quick before we go, uh, we're looking at uh, Monday night. We have uh, New Orleans Saints hosting the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Real quick, who do you got to win? I'm taking the Ravens. Uh, yeah, I think we'll go with the Ravens on that one, definitely. <laughs> I agree, 100%, the Ravens. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there you go, because, uh, uh, you know, I, I just don't think that the Saints are going to pull this one out. Um, all right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening to Sideline the Agenda. You can go ahead and subscribe to our podcast if you like on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends about the show. Tell everybody about the show. And also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. I'm Scott. That's Kevin. That's Chris. And this has been Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sidelines and into the game.